You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello and welcome back to Surf Splendor. This is David Scales, your host as always. And as promised, I'm bringing you an episode today with Derek Riley and Chaz Smith of Beach Grit fame. Beachgrit.com is their website. Ultra hard surf candy is the tagline. If you haven't been, um, you definitely need to check it out. It's really, really entertaining and a cool website. And, um, they're both writers. They come from a writing background. Derek established Stab Magazine, um, I think in 2004, 2005. He, he details that in this episode. Um, but what they're offering with Beach Grit is really new and unique in the surfing world, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, so we get into that and the reason behind launching it and where it's going and all that sort of stuff in this episode. But before we do, we actually just kick off talking about hot topics. So their their bios and kind of intros will come later in the episode. And in fact, um, Chas Smith actually has been a guest on this show in the past. He had him on last year when he introduced his book, um, Welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell, which also highly recommended read, takes place on the North Shore, um, documenting just a lot of the I don't know, the stories of the North Shore, you know, so that's a really good episode. I'll post a link to it in today's show notes. That was episode number 72, I believe. So I'll post a link to it, and then you can, of course, listen to that to get better understanding of Chaz because of that episode. We don't get too much into his background in this episode, but, um, but you know, he's still definitely a part of the conversation. And then we kind of unpack Derek Riley's background a little bit more thoroughly in this episode. So um, if you're new to the show, I assume there's new listeners kind of coming off of Derek's fan base. Welcome. We do um, an interview profile piece like this every other week. And then in the alternating weeks, we do surf news episodes that are just kind of discussing everything current in surfing. And I do that with my co-host, Scott Bass. So surf news one week and then interview profile pieces the next week and you know, weekly episodes of the show. So that's the format here. Everything is available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. All past episodes are archived. And then everything that we discuss in this show, um, videos, articles, all those things are all on our website as well. So you can go there and see the visuals that accompany everything that we're talking about in the show. You could also leave comments and engage in this conversation, share your thoughts. And then on social media, we're at Surf Splendor, Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of thing. All right. So if you're listening to the show in iTunes, I encourage you to rate and review the show. That helps other people to find it. And other than that, just enjoy. Share it with friends. That's all that we ask. We'll keep producing the content if you keep spreading the good word. All right. Without further ado, Derek Riley and Chas Smith. WSL. More Ronnie or more Rosie? You can only pick one. What's your call? It's easy for me. Derek, I'll let you go first. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rosie. I think Rosie's one of the smartest, most beautiful women I've ever ever met and talked to. We, we photographed her for Stab Magazine. I remember. <clears throat> and, um, and she's really into literature. And I had to drive her from the Gold Coast to Byron Bay where we did the shoot. And she knew every book that I'd read and she'd read some really obscure books and she was slimmer and more beautiful in person but I'll take Ronnie Ooh. why Ronnie then? you just gave a great sales pitch for Rosie well I think Ronnie's even more beautiful than, than Rosie <laughs> but um, Ronnie has Ronnie has a really good understanding of surfing yeah and he is so close to telling it exactly like it is yeah within the boundaries of you know working for a company that you can't burn your bridges and uh, I think he does a great job I'll probably just trim the hair a little bit, lose the Hugh Grant foppish haircut, and maybe turn down the Australian accent, and I think he'd be all time. Interesting. 
Chaz. Yeah, it's funny. I really have grown to like Ronnie this year, I think. Uh, he kind of, sounds kind of marbly in the voice, and I don't necessarily like the Australian accent as much as I used to. I really used to like it. It's funny. Yeah. I used to love did it I before. I do now because I understand it. It took me forever, <laughs> literally. I, I just told Derek, yeah, when he first came over, the first maybe two years. I think I wrote for staff for a couple years before ever meeting Derek. Maybe it was just a year. Felt like a long time. It was a lot of stories. Yeah. I didn't, we would talk on the phone every once in a while. I would not understand a word he said on the phone. And so I would just laugh and say, yeah, he would like pause awkwardly. And then I'd realize, Ooh, I laughed at the thing that wasn't funny. Or right, right, right. But yeah, the Australian accent, then going to Australia, I really liked it there, I think. Uh, but then coming back and hearing Ronnie's, but Ronnie's is pretty good. I reckon though. Yeah. It's not. It's not offensive, is it? For me, for, me for me, it's a little bit strong. Yeah. And um, and with Ron, you know, when the camera's on him and he can see see himself in the uh, in the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, wish there was vision right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. There's a few pounds. because you know, if you had a face like that, of course you're going to mug for the yeah, camera. Yeah, it's yeah. Beautiful. No. The, the thing that made me mad about Ronnie, I think, that grudge I held a grudge against Ronnie for a while was the whole Mick Fanning thing. Wasn't it Ronnie? Maybe you don't want to answer, but I think it was Ronnie who was doing mixed PR. At that time, I think Ronnie had been hired as Mick's PR person. It might have, might have been around then. I got a feeling it was after though. But no, I think. Oh, it, really? I think it was. And so I think it was Ronnie who told Mick to the plausible deniability and all that kind of stuff with that thing, which always made me think, "Oh, you're a worthless piece of shit because you like that's the worst advice ever to give somebody." What I mean, I feel the the way Mick spun out of that yeah. was the worst way that he could have maybe sure in terms of you know like kind of denying and saying that it was oh i was just you know giving the reporter what he wanted to hear whatever like it was a real muddled kind of message which i thought that's an awful pr spin and so then i felt ronnie and i saw ronnie the day after that happened and ronnie and i kind of knew each other a little bit sure. and he i told him what happened and he was kind of laughed about it and was like oh that's funny and then going and telling mick to play it that way to me seemed real right it just seemed silly and so then i've always held a slight grudge against ron blakey so interesting I, to, I would love to get back with him and say yeah ronnie blakey was that you i didn't even know that he played that role with mick i think he did i yeah. might be totally it, it might be real fuzzy yeah it, my, my memory is always fuzzy and so it might but I, I i feel pretty firmly that it was him uh perfect segue to the next question is this the most disappointing title race you've ever seen you got mick and you got Adriano, like for you. For me, totally. Yeah. It's it's crushingly disappointing, and uh, I would love Adriano to win at this point. Just really? because I think I mean I think that oh, Rory God. wrote it. Didn't Rory write that he would Rory Parker? Yeah, yeah. On Beach Grit, uh, that just the the shitstorm that it would cause if Adriano won would be amazing to watch. Just the amount of of vitriol and anger and rage, yeah, directed at. Poor little Adriano. And Adriano's a nice kid. Have you talked to Adriano? Yeah, he's a lovely boy. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like Adriano personally. I've grown to love him just like through his post-heat interviews, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know, seems really humble. Seems to be taking care of a lot of people back at home. All that sort of a- stuff. I think Adriano's completely genuine. Yeah. In, or from... He gets very mistreated in the press. I think. Complete, like, completely mistreated and, and doesn't deserve it. I don't know what he... What did Adriano deserve? Is it, but is it in the press or is it just in on the internet? Both, I think. Really? I think I think it'd be rare to find a journalist who was a big fan of Adriano, but I, I think he's I think he's a beautiful surfer and, and a great you know not a great guy because I don't know him that well, but I think he's a fairly compelling figure. But I agree with Chaz and I agree with Rory that uh, Adriano World Title would not serve the interests of uh, professional <laughs> surfing. Right, right. <clears throat> but as far as the World Title show go down goes down, it's um, I think it could be the could be the best one ever, like '95 yeah. when Kelly came back, you know through. Sunny and, and yeah. Machado and stuff to win it. It could be the worst because I wrote a story on Beach Grid that Felipe could get second last, Mick gets second last, everyone else gets fifth and ninth, whatever. Right. Felipe wins the world title, and then there's this scenario: pipe goes, starts in four foot pipe, you know, everyone gets a few waves. Felipe does a couple of backside hacks and a little spinner at the end. The next day is ten foot. He goes out and doesn't catch a wave. Mick loses in that round for whatever reason, and then Felipe wins the world title with a zero hit point total. Oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, you obviously have a relationship with Bruce Irons. You just posted an audio interview with him. Where will he finish in this pipe event? It's funny because I saw a um, when I was sniffing around for some Instagram footage. Today, I saw a uh, Bruce getting away with a pipe, and he looked really, really good. But whether someone who can surf pipe and is obviously a great surfer can translate that into heat because it's never it's not going to be six foot perfect pipe. Probably not. You know. I mean, yeah. it could start six foot perfect pipe. Yeah, he, he could. Who knows? I didn't think Mason was going to win a heat at um, Bells, and he beat Mick Fanning. 
And we had it on Beach Grid saying he's not going to win a heat. And I love Mason. He's my favourite surfer. Yada, totally. Yada, totally. guy in the world. And, um, but so anything could happen. So, and Bruce sounds really good. You know, when I spoke to him, he sounded fantastic. It's, I mean, it lives to me that Bruce, though, lit- if, if the waves are not pumping, and again, it could be a Mason Bell's thing, but I just don't know what his motivation is to paddle for crap waves. Like, I don't know if you're him, who cares? Like, you sit out in the water and come in and, I mean, yeah, unless I, it's pumping. If it's pumping, though, I give him as good a shot as anybody. I, I if mean, it's pumping all the way through, do you think Bruce could win the event if it's like classic pipe? But, Classic you know, pipe for three days. The surfing heats are so different to going out and just totally. getting the sets of the day. Sure, but if it's like, mm. but if it literally is like short interval, whatever. Like there's a lot of waves per heat, and it's and it's pumping. I reckon. I mean, would you think that Bruce could win the event? That would never happen. He could definitely, he could definitely win the event, but you can't discount people like Julian Wilson and Owen Wright and all these guys who you know are serving heats day in day out and who are amazing at pipe. Yeah. Who can, who've got all the heat savvy and have got that desire, that focus. I can't imagine Bruce getting into a CT event and having that focus for whatever it is, six heats or whatever, to yep. win a uh, contest. But if he won, that'd be hell of a party. <laughs> I, I agree. Like, obviously, we all want to see Bruce return to form. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't see it happening. Just in his previous performances, getting wild cards into various events, including Pipe, he just doesn't deliver. Well, you know? Part of part of me wonders off this time if there was such a if there was. I don't even think there was a giant shitstorm around it. It was just starting to swell, and then it feels like the WSL caved before it yeah. even reached a crescendo. Like, it was a couple days of, oh, come on, and then a little bit of backlash of, you can't gift wildcards to people. Come on, there's, like, people really hungry for that, and blah, 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 blah. But I wonder if there was enough kind of talk about it where Bruce feels like he has something to prove, uh, slightly competitively. Like, where he feels like, I have to go get a couple scores, just... To prove people wrong, not at I'd all. I'd love to see that. Well, the thing with Bruce, he's a physical phenomenon, so he's, he's he's almost not human. I've seen him, and he looks like about you know 150 pounds and terrible. Then other times you see him, he looks like he's been lifting weights and a magnificent human species. So I think he's got the ability to um, to transform into whatever because he is he is quite a freak and unrealized freak competitively i guess agreed so who knows who knows what bruce could do and even when like you said he's even when he's the constitution of a horse too (laughs) well even when he's thinner i've never seen him out of shape you know what i mean like he's always fit so um all right on a one to ten scale how much interest do you guys have in the big wave world tour Uh, probably less than zero what are you uh you know i'm gonna say i have uh, like, are you talking competitively? Like, exactly. actually watch, watching heats, watching heats less than zero. Like, watching the bickering that those little housewives do back yeah. and forth is amazing to me. That's a like they're all on social media. Totally, they're yeah. such macho. I mean, they're they're modern day cowboys, as far as I'm concerned. Theoretically, right? I'm not that interested in what they do. I mean, in terms of you know whatever big waves is it's it's it should be called the burger takeoff contest (laughs) (laughs) they find the biggest burger they can everyone just takes off yeah and the person who took off on the biggest (laughs) burger wins the contest yeah it's a very odd event it's tour it is strange but what's stranger to me though is that is the hurt feelings and the poking and the rock throwing and the i mean yeah the whole thing about the times of mavericks like yeah i mean how do you kick twig out of that event which I, i i don't understand how you do that and pete yeah, Previously. I mean, Pete too, exactly. Yeah. But both of them are, you know, Maverick standouts. Pete's a Santa Cruz boy, and Twigs won the event twice, right? Totally. Yeah, and I don't know how you get so, your your panties so in a, in a bunch that you, you kick them out of the event. So yeah. Imagine all those big thumbs on the phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I don't know anybody who has any interest in it competitively. You know what I mean? It's, like, I'll, the Big Wave World Tour itself... I'll write when I, sometimes when I'm in the mood. I'll write that it's the one thing that'll translate to Middle America is big waves because people understand you see a little man on a giant wave, but that's not what they do in the in the competition is the thing I reckon. Like, and nobody's going to watch the event. No, no. Like, it's a, one yeah. little clip for an advertisement selling Mazda is yeah. is good to or see. Tag Heuer. Yeah, sure. Tag Heuer. <laughs> one little man on that big wave is, right. is an impressive visual, but the yeah, the, the competitively it definitely doesn't work. I think okay. it's just the WSL wanting to own every tier. Yeah, because do you get the WSL press releases? No. Nope. So they have Opted everything. Out. The um, someone winning Chopu has the same hierarchy in, in your email as someone in um, the first round of the Taiwan contest. Oh yeah, the girls Chinese longboard contest right. or something. Yeah. So I just think it's them just you know owning everything. Yeah. You so think big waves? You think they'll come in and try to own Beach Grit Honolulu Bay Invitational? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, <laughs> lovely. Um, so same question on one to ten scale. How much interest do you have in the female world tour? 
Oh, I'm probably about a six. Okay. I love watching Carissa. I love watching Steph. A little bit of Lakey. Um, Tyler Wright sometimes. If, it, if it's a bit of a runner, mm-hmm. I like watching Tyler. But Carissa, Carissa I could watch as much, as the, way more than some of the men. Agreed. Carissa and Steph, she's, those guys are wonderful. I think I have, a, I have less interest in the title race of the women, but I have... So like title race for them, it's like a four. But the but watching the women's events, it's like a six or seven. I really like watching them surf. Coco as well. Coco, yeah, Coco's really good. Coco's so fun. Malia yeah. is looking great. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, in some, I think in some cases their heats are funner than the men's heats. Yeah. To watch. Uh, but it, yeah, the, their title race is not as compelling because it just seems like there's a there's a real difference between the top three women. There and, really is, yeah, yeah, and then the rest of them. So the men's WCC should be down to twelve servers. The women should be down to three. Yeah, totally. Which would be amazing, be incredible. And they, if they could slot the women into the like really give yeah. the women the primo wall cards. And exactly, if you slotted them in, I wonder how far away that is from a woman surfing. In the men's, Carissa's done it. I know she yeah. has, but but like really doing it regularly and actually yeah. knocking men off, like You're pretty good, and and beating them in contests. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah, I agree though in that um, Carissa head and shoulders basically above everybody else on that tour. Like it's crazy how good she is, and just how enjoyable she is to watch, and almost not even. I'd add Stephanie to this, but almost not comparable to the men. In a way that there's just more grace and fluidity and just it's its own thing, you know, yeah. it's, and it's beautiful. It's like I'm a huge fan. The, yeah. w- the women, you know, Carissa and, and Stephanie actually have an individuality to their, to their styles. Very true. Where the man can be so coached and because because of the very nature of um, competitive surfing, they have to hit every single pocket and have every single lip. But because there's so much leeway in the women's surfing, because there's, there's no, there's, there's, you know, there's three world title contenders or four world title contenders, really. A woman can miss a couple of sections and do a beautiful cutty yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot more individuality, I think. Especially at a place like Honolulu, where they're at now, it's like that wave allows a lot more, I don't know, you have to pace with the wave specifically. Like we were talking earlier today about Tyler Wright got a wave where it's just like flow. You know, like no major maneuvers, but just like radical down the line flowing and pumping. She got barreled. She came out and she did a little bit of a turn. She got a good score for it. But there wasn't any like radical surfing on it. Yeah. You know? Whereas the guys don't really get to surf waves like that. They always end up surfing super critical. Did you watch any, any of Sunset yesterday? No. When was it? I was watching the women when Sunset ran. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sunset's such a... Every time I see it, it's such a funny wave to watch yeah. people compete on, I reckon. It well, is, I, yeah. I watched um, Joel Santeo's like nine point yeah. or three point or eight point nine three, I think is what it was. Yeah. And it was, it was like crazy drop. And then he's out on the shoulder and just does like this cut back into the whitewash that was way out on the shoulder. Pumps, little turn, banks off the whitewash. Eight nine three. It's you know, it's really funny. Yeah. Remember that? Um, was it Joanne Defay? We, we put a little clip up on um, Beach Grit and said, this, said is "This is nine point eight in women's surfing." Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, she kind of did one turn and then yeah. got in the guts again. <laughs> yeah. The inside section, and then, then I got a stern email from yeah. WSL. Well, oh, really? did you? Please remove the video. Oh, did yeah. you remove it? Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm so terrified. What, what are you terrified? Incorpor- we haven't incorporated the company yet, so okay. If, if we get sued, I get sued. Okay, well, we'll get back to we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, you guys haven't written about Alana Blanchard in months. What's going on, dude? Uh, she doesn't interest me at all. She seems like a really nice girl, and she's a pretty good surfer and middlingly attractive. I think. Well, you know, we we've only wrote about her. I think when maybe Ashton wrote about the um, Ashton Goggins, who's now at Surfer Magazine. He wrote about the uh, the nude pics. I mean, yeah, I looked at the nude pics, enjoyed them briefly, and that's a Lana Blanchard for me. Yeah, nice girl. But I feel like she's fallen off the map a bit. Maybe it, yeah. It's, there's something about the uh, and not specifically speaking to Lana, but a little bit like the like those surfer girls selling the sex. I love it. I love them being sexy and all that. Is is totally great and awesome. But some of them just aren't very sexy, mm. and I think overplay it because they're sexy compared to other surfer girls. Totally. And so we'll overplay the sex thing and then accidentally price themselves out of the market because you're not actually crazy wildly sexy you're sexy for a surfer mm-hmm. which i think is is two different things where i think for example coco ho is way sexier in so many ways you know, she obviously is athletic and whatever she is but there's something about coco's vibe that is way sexier than say you know yeah one of the ones who just who's always pushing this kind of over overly sexualized i'd thing. say more than alana yeah you know yeah i totally agree um has Julian Wilson's engagement to Ashley O dashed his title dreams? I don't think so. 
I think I, I think Julian's so yeah. I think Julian's got a title in him, but I think it's going to be. I think he's entering his his title prime. Not not quite yet. He's still a little young, right? No, he's twenty seven. I know, but I think the uh, I was talking to Bart, Julian's yeah. brother, the other day, and oh, I think that insider trading. Yeah, I do have insider trading. Good. That Bart was looking. I think <laughs> at the next. It was either these next three years, the year after this, the next three, which which. Uh, historically, has been the prime for when when the men really you know blossom when they okay. flourish. And yeah, I I mean I've been I've been bullish on Julian for a couple years now, but I really think he's going to put it together. He's, f- he's he's phenomenally good. His technique is so good. But then we saw at Snapper when Felipe just made him look stupid. Yeah, yeah. but I just he, th- looked, he looked heavy because because Julian's Julian's such a um, beautiful technique that you take off it's a big bump and big hack and then there's an air when it's necessary but he doesn't have that take off and ah uh, ah uh, fly down the line it's, yeah. it's true but I wonder if there's going to be like I don't know if he even, even almost puts a little more like man muscle on where his big turns he's, he's become big. He's a big boy. he is big but even a little bit more like of just that like because he really does surf so pretty and if he's, he's like just like a very big man huh yeah I do I do like a big man I mean look at Dane's turns though like yeah. Dane's just Kerr's lightweight where it's just so thick but it's like that was that his turn at sunset where was that the Hollyiva oh yeah, the recent one the, I mean was it Hollyiva oh, the one from a year or two ago Hollyiva yeah no not a year or two ago it was this It was this year where he just smashed the lips so hard and you think it. like he almost Dane it seems almost brings equal force as the wave yeah like where you have however many kilotons of energy coming in yeah where I feel that Julian with a not as much as Dane quite but a bit more of that I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he'd go on a rail, to, like tick off three titles in a row. Like I agree with your guys' assessment of Julian surfing, and his time is it's going to happen. But the question is, is it a distraction? Is no. is getting married a distraction? I think you know? I think it's a, I think it's a distraction for Jordy. I think yeah. when Jordy married, what's her name? Lindo. Yeah, dream girl, and Jordy's just so happy and good for Jordy, happy in love, and that's yeah. awesome. But I think I get the feeling for Jordy. The fire went out. Yeah, Julian's psychotically competitive. Yeah, I think so too. I think okay. I think Fair Ju- enough. I think it's in Julian's. I don't think it just is who Julian <clears throat> is. I don't. I don't think you know when people talk about they have a few world titles in them, whatever. It seems like unless Kelly Slater or Andy Irons or Mick Fanning, there's a certain something, and that a lot of those guys just don't have. It. They can surf amazing. They can be psychotically competitive, but there's just something in those particular men. Agreed. And all that matters, or they would throw themselves off a bridge for an extra world title. Yeah. And you think Julian has it? I don't know, but I think he would have had a world title by now if he had it. I don't Get, think. I'm, I mean, we could. We should come back again in three years and yeah. have this Derek, same conversation. Derek, you got egg on your face. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's because, it, or either I'll have egg on my face. Yeah. But I'd, I'd really go all in. I'd put my wife's house on, <laughs> on Julian Wilson and put my wife's bonus on it. <laughs> In three years. Um, so that leads me into Kelly Slater. Like, talking about distraction, I feel like that's been Kelly's nemesis this year. It's just he's got so much going on outside of competitive surfing. Do you guys think we'll see him in 2016 competing again? I think he can't stop. I think he's going to – I think he's Kelly's problem is he surf snapper. And unless, when they stop giving him a wild card, yeah. or, I mean, if he'll be, he'll be on tour by himself. But even if he – like, if his, if his rating doesn't – doesn't guarantee him a place if they don't give him a wild card to snapper then he's not going to get out for bells and then he's like by then it's uh, he's not going to go mar- to margaret and yeah. then it's then it's too late but it's yeah if kelly surf snapper he's going to continue to surf the tour on some level i think i think i think the tour has been particularly cruel to kelly waves wise i've watched him in probably six contests this year have to surf in the shittiest waves and it's like you know lebron or someone having to surf in this crappy pothole court against some young hotshot from the area who just knows the court really well and just, just watching this great surfer just surfing two foot paltry mush but like, you, know, you know when he went to Portugal he's going oh please don't go to Portugal or France you're going to surf a horrible heat in shitty waves and he, you know, heard, you know, the forecast was good but he ended up just having those shitty heads yeah. and it's, um, it's, it's sad to watch because Kelly belongs in eight foot chopu. Yeah, but and I, I think there's something. But I think the Kelly, the undistracted Kelly, would beat any hotshot, any local hotshot on his home court. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so anymore. I think so. I, I think, think he's so beatable in um, four foot and under, like um, against Felipe. Kelly can't beat Felipe in anything under four foot. See again, I'll I'll put my wife's house on it. if you took. Curbs, I'll punch you right in the nose, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> if you just step out, we are outside. <laughs> if we took perps and outer known and everything else away from Kelly and said you have to you have to win one more world title to be the greatest man alive 
you just don't do any of this other stuff you, and because literally I'm dangling greatest man alive mm. everyone will give it to you uh, that he would go win another world title I don't think so I think he's going to be lucky to finish 5th or 6th this year this year for sure and, and next year if he gets 5th or 6th next year he should be stoked to, totally except for the fact that I still think he's got a couple more in him but I think to your point you're right you'd have to take away perps and everything and all that because yeah. that is the distraction for I think him, so for too sure. I, think, I think that he's he's not surfing up He's failing in those in those conditions, partially because he's he's been dealt a cruel hand, but also partially because he's not invested. He's distracted. I think I think he'd like to hear that, but I just think his time has passed in four foot and under. See, now he's going to hear that. And he's going to hate me. And I'm raging I, I love back. the man. He's the <laughs> loveliest man, even though he's liked me and disliked me over the years. And I've never stopped being a fan. Even when I was in Andy Irons' corner, I secretly wanted Kelly to win. Yeah. Even if I'd be sitting next to Andy, yeah. going, I hope you win the world title, Andy. <laughs> going, Come on, Kelly. Come on, Kelly. And yeah. every year I have a hierarchy of who I, want to win, who I want to win the world title every year. Kelly Slater, number one since 1992. Yeah. Yeah, we're all fans. How could you not be? You know? Have you guys bought any outer known clothing? No. Oh, I've never seen it in the store. Yeah, I wouldn't know where. I would. Online, probably. I mean... Yeah, I'm not an I'm not an online shopper. That's the oh, problem okay. with me. Are you an I online see. shopper? I all, I never go into stores to buy, yeah. but I kind of feel weird buying surfish brands without a discount code or some kind of yeah. right. discount. Yeah, only because I just I just feel fucking odd spending three hundred dollars on a on a jacket when if if John or Kelly was nice, I just give me a discount code and get it for two hundred. I'd do yeah. that. Yeah, but otherwise I stick the seller on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into Derek. <laughs> I sound like a rapper then. I see, I see the Sun Laurent. Yeah. I got my Sun Laurent. got my New Bound sneakers. Shit. Mm. Straight get, out of the CPT. Let's get into your history a little bit. Tell me about your professional background and the events that led to launching Stab. I know oh, you have okay. writing background, obviously. And, sure. Yeah. Uh, I've got a double major in literature and journalism. Okay. And uh, when, I, when I was... 20 or something I got a job at Surfing Life magazine in, in, on the Gold Coast yeah. ended up working with Tim Baker yep. surf journalist and uh, edited that mag for a while and then while I was there I got poached to start a new magazine in Europe called Surf Europe mm-hmm. so when I lived in Hossegal for two years and launched Surf Europe and then after that I, I mean I would have lived in France the rest of my life but I couldn't get a visa it's really hard I should have just you know, wandered across the border yeah. and yeah. got a crone baby and shit <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and then I came back to Australia and I worked for a big men's magazine there and while I was there, a friend of mine, Sam McIntosh, two friends of mine, Sam McIntosh and, and Campbell Milligan, uh, they were working at Waves and they were, they were relaunching Waves and they wanted me to come along and work with them and, and yeah, I was just kicking around. Had a bit, I was still getting a retainer from Surf Europe, so I thought, yeah, it'd be cool, hang out with some buddies. And then we're there for, I was there for about a year and Campbell went off and did Monster Children and Sam and me spoke about doing a men's magazine and um, it was going to be called Beef. And we actually, we actually sold. Really? Yeah, we ended up selling the um, the whole business plan and name and everything to a big publishing company in Australia for some stupid amount of money, and um, and then they didn't want to pay because they didn't like it. And we said, "Cool, we'll just start the magazine ourselves," and they paid. So I thought we'll do a um, a surf mag. And at the time, another friend of mine came to me and said, "You should do a 30th anniversary book for Billabong." Coming to 30 years, be great business opportunity. So I said, "Yeah, it's a good idea." So we went to Billabong. We said. It will cost you $350,000 for us to make you 20,000 books. And they said, yeah, sure, no worries. Here's the check. Boom. Really? And so for the next six weeks, I did this book, and we came out of it with a quarter of a mil, and then we launched Stab. And we just, we just fucking mowed through that money. Yeah. Just mowed through that money stupidly. <laughs> going on stupid trips and giving money to everybody. And, and you know, some months we'd go, you know what? We should just print an extra 10,000 mags. For, you know, for an extra $40,000 or something. Yeah, it's idea. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so at Stab, Stab, um, Stab started in 2003, but the first issue was launched January 2004. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing Stab, I read Charlie's stuff in uh, Vice magazine, mm-hmm. contacted him and asked him to write some stuff for us. And then we had this long relationship, Stab, because I was doing the creative, Sam was doing the business, my business partner, Sam McIntosh. So um, I was getting chased to write pretty much the whole issue, which is so good for me. Just come in, it was great. We had a lot of political content. We did that for years and years and years. And there came a point in the business relationship with Stab where I wanted to stay friends with Sam and get out, but still do the creative. So I sold out, as it turned out, too early. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but, um, you know, as in regards to that, we can talk about that later. Anyway. Sure. Yeah. And so um, I sold out and kept doing the creative. And then in January 2014, I realized it was time to carve out a, a piece of uh, online real estate. Mm. And I could see that everyone was just aggregating. And there was no 
Original. <laughs> Only is a buzzword here. Authentic. Yeah. <laughs> Original voice. And I knew I knew how good Charlie was. And it, Charlie's really good and he's prolific. And uh, and I can and I can just sit there and write shit too. So uh, I thought we can do something. And then um, came up with the name. Got someone in Poland to um, to build the site. And then last August, so August 2014, after me and Charlie had uploaded and done a couple of hundred stories or a hundred stories or something, we uh, we pressed the go button. Awesome. Yeah, so it's been going for one year. Yeah, I've been a big fan ever since. Um. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. We've seen just recently with Stab being purchased by um, SurfStitch, uh, like some advertorial changes in the way, like especially on stabmag.com. I don't actually read the print mag. Um, I don't have access to it. But I'm just curious what your thoughts on are on how they're doing that and how they've navigated that and integrated surf stitches, you know, objectives into, um, the platform. And, um, I would, t- I would turn beach grit into one big fucking advertorial for that kind of money. <laughs> would you? I wouldn't give a shit. Do you feel like they've <laughs> lost some, I mean, I feel like they've done it fairly well. I notice it. I don't know that everybody would notice the things that they're doing, yeah. but do you feel like it's, um, like they've lost some integrity in the way that they've done it? Well, or? you know, none of us, are the Washington post, you know, so it's just everyone's just trying to make a buck, and you know. I think when I when I first heard of the of the marriage kind of between Magic Seaweed and Stab and Surf Stitch, I thought genius. I mean, I have nothing against yeah. you know corporate interests and selling clothes. I love clothes, and I would love you know for a for a kind of a surf online retailer to actually smash it. Uh, and it seemed like on paper to me, it seems really good. You have your wave forecasting thing, mm-hmm. you have your editorial thing in Stab, and then you have your uh, kind of. You know, brand that's selling the lifestyle. So you have different people pushing lifestyle editorially and you know practically, I guess, right. in terms of Magic Seaweeds forecasting, and then funneling to this is the look you want. And it's not a rude thing. It's not like you're, it's you know you're building the dream and then you actually have that's the dream. Free, there. You, know, you go to Step Magic Com. It's free. It's not cost you anything. So you can just ignore the editorial and go to the good bits. You know, to, except yeah. for the except for the fact that I don't. I've not. Yeah, it seems ideally like it should work, and I would like it to work for them, and I just don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's working necessarily, but I have, I know nothing. But I feel like the parts that are working is like they'll add a uh, Channel Islands, you know, Dane Reynolds. You think it's a Dane Reynolds video, but it's really a Channel Islands video in the video feed. And, you know, it, it kind of goes under the radar, I think, oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a link to purchase boards, you yeah. know, or Which whatever. Is, I, I mean, to me, good advertorial, if it worked, would be amazing. And I, you know, not that it's not working there, I, and maybe it will work. And, you know, there, I think it's the sale just happened right so maybe yeah. it's going to take him a minute I think the only time it, gets, it, it crosses the line is when you have a long sleeve Quicksilver t-shirt and it's a post yeah yeah. I think that's that's when it crosses the line but you know like I said you don't have to look at it if you don't want it exactly <laughs> and, I, and uh, you know I haven't seen a lot of important stories there for a long time so right. it's just fun you know? it's just a, just a fun kind of you know well well designed website with a nice voice and 
it's a good you know good go-to place to get your you know, milk and potatoes. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen any advertising on Beach Grit yet, but do you want to talk about that or yeah, the sure. reason why you're out here in California? And um, Yeah, well, I've come, I've come out to California because it comes a point, we, you know, we always had to monetize Beach Grit because as much as we love to write, and why is it still looking over our shoulders? <laughs> what, the, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this isn't a hobby. And it's not a hobby, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, when we started Stab, you know, I was, I was doing the sales for that. But we had to build Beach Grit up to a certain level of traffic. And we're getting really good traffic now. We're as big as some, you know, established sites, you know, according to SimilarWeb.com. Sure. <laughs> so there comes a point. So I've come out to meet the marketing people and just to see what people want at the moment and what we need. So I discovered the word deck. Yeah. You need a deck. You need a sales I'm, I'm unfamiliar a brand deck. with that. So okay. yeah. press, if someone had said press kit, I would have gone, oh, fuck. I no, my, one of those years my, my wife has been hitting me over the head about decks for the longest, for like months. Like, where's your deck? Where's your deck? Where's okay. your deck? And I never asked Derek about where our deck is because I think I don't want us to do a stinking deck and... Me and Derek know what we're doing. Yeah. We're rebels. Yeah. And Derek came out and heard about the deck. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to be honest, I love I love the sales thing. I love talking to people. I love hanging out. You go to, you know you go to the factory. They show you all the stuff. I went to Stance today. It was incredible. Probably the most beautiful. Well, it's not probably. It was definitely the most beautiful workplace I'd ever been to. It was tennis, basketball court, yeah. personal trainer. Everyone you know is well dressed and you know seems really happy. There's a chef and and you know and most of the people turn out to be your buddies over a period of time. You know, and you help them. You help them do their job and sell some of their stuff, and they give you some cash, and it yeah. actually works really well. I, mean, I think as edgy as both Derek and I maybe are, have been or are perceived to be in our different sort of paths, and then our our shared path. Like, yeah, neither of us are. I mean, both of us are nothing but if we're not capitalists. And so, like, the idea of to me, there's just a better way to do it, and that's what I want Beachcrest to be. And yeah, I don't think the. Yeah, whatever we do, advertising wise, I, I mean, I would love. I love the brands. You know, the brands are why surfing exists in so many ways, and you know, the way it exists, and helping them just tell a better story to me is. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a win win. Well, yeah, I think we can help. I think we can definitely help brands build themselves. You know, I think we can be you know really good brand builders. Yeah. So good. What does that new way look like? Do you think? What's What's the better way look like? For me, the better way it always looks like, I mean, and I've said it until I'm, this probably sounds cliche now. Maybe I've not said it here or to either of you, so it's good. To me, okay, it's the better way, the best way ever, and it went out of business, so it's obviously not the, the best way ever, is the Jay Peterman catalog. Did you ever read the Jay Peterman catalog when you were a kid? I'm familiar with it, but no. Yeah, so my mom, my mom was a big catalog person, and my household was not necessarily a magazine household. So these catalogs would come, and I would kind of read them like magazines. You know, you have your JCPenney's and your Sears, which uh-huh. is not a very good magazine. But then the J. Peterman catalog would come, and all it was, did you ever have you ever seen it? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm listening with all ears. <laughs> the J. Peterman catalog, J. Peterman was a, you know, a company that, like an aggregator, I guess. They yeah. aggregated stuff from around the world okay. and would resell it. Uh, in the catalog, kind of brand it their own. You know, they'd find interesting stuff and just put the J. Peterman tag on it and send it out. And so, you know, in Seinfeld, Elaine works for J. Peterman. Uh, But the catalog would come, all it would be, not a one picture in the magazine, drawings of everything, hand drawings of all the clothing or all the stuff they found, and a story that only tangentially related to the piece of clothing they were selling. So it'd be like some jungle hat or something (laughs) drawn. And then, you know, I'm there, New York City. It's hot, sweating. <laughs> Some piece of literature for every single product in that entire thing. And so you read this thing and you have this experience. And the Jay Peterman catalog to me has always been the... And again, I went out of business, so clearly it didn't work. But Do you have any? Uh, yeah, I do. I have one at home. Oh, wow. It was the pinnacle of... I loved that thing and it happened to be... It, it was all one thing, right? The selling of this product and me getting excited about the product, reading these stories about the yeah. product was all one thing. That wasn't. It wasn't artificial and it wasn't... You know, it wasn't this like bait and switch kind of thing where, hey, we're a cool, edgy website, but you know, in the back door, we're we're feeding you to some shitty site to buy a shitty product. Right. Where, to me, that's that's the ideal. It's products that we believe in. You know, and not only like it's editorial content too, but it's at some level, it's I love this one thing. It's all about curation. Totally, and I want to, yeah. I want to, I want you to have this thing because mm-hmm. I do love things. We all love things. Totally. I think. I mean, I'm not a stinking commie. Like, yeah, I like things. Yeah, it's like, things. like uh, Electric has these particular watches, like an, an old man kind of fighter pilot watch or something. Yeah. I love them. I love them so much. I've been hitting Electric so hard over the head because I want to push them. Yeah, I ain't gonna push them for free. Yeah, right. But I, yeah, I love them. You know, and I really things you really believe in. You know, like Kelly um, you know, has a really cool little puffer jacket and a cool peacoat that 
that check picker there's things like that and Volcom will have a great pair of trunks or yep. a great pair of jeans or something so that's the stuff we just want to curate it yeah and we'll totally. present it really well because you go to GQ and you see everything and everything looks amazing you want to buy all their stuff because they curate it really well you mm. know they make jQuery look good yeah that's, interesting I think that's what I mean that's the way I felt and who knows what will happen <laughs> down the road but yeah. to me ideally it's about moving one piece that you believe in as opposed to pushing a brand I mean like I like you know brands like I love Quicksilver you know and I love Quicksilver for what they've done and what they stand for and I mostly love Quicksilver probably for the way I felt about it when I was a kid you know mm-hmm. and coastal Oregon you see that mountain in the wave and you feel sunny and warm even though it's freezing cold rain outside like there's something about you know attachment to the brand for me at least attaching to the brands as a way to attach to this broader surf culture which you know being removed geographically kind of from it I I could just love it through these things and then go surf freezing cold slop Oregon but still feel like I was part of this broader thing totally where uh, but in terms of you know being more kind of grown up, I think all the brands, all the brands have a signature product. I feel, and it's more about you know okay great Billabong's fine, but what's what's Billabong's signature product? You know what's the thing they do better than anybody else? Which right. and they all have that I reckon or okay. mostly. Total side note, um, John O'Hurley I think is his name who played Jay Peterman yeah. in Seinfeld. Yeah. I literally heard this week that he purchased the Jay Peterman catalog. It's so amazing. That is so totally he might be amazing. bringing it back. I mean, I, th- I think somebody somebody bought it. It went like it went bankrupt, and then it came out. It's so amazing that he owns it now, though. Yeah, because it's a absolutely. Yeah, I'll show you the magazine at home. It's an absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you can see him online. I think you can go yeah. on and click on old. That's so good. Do you guys? Um, I mean, do you still read Stab? Spend time on StabMag.com. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, I mean, I don't. I'm not one of those people. And when I started Stab, I never read the other surf mags. Didn't even open them. But online, you do have to be someone might get a piece of news that you're not aware of so right. you, you do look but in a, in a kind of incidental way you're not obsessed with it and I don't I generally don't read things I'll just I'll click on things going, I've got that I've got that just, right. just you know ticking, ticking my make sure uh, you're ticking my boxes you know I'll do just go through except for you know the nurse is a bit tough but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love Zach Zach's amazing but it's very disappointing <laughs> I agree well they've gone down a disappointing path yeah. I mean it, it wasn't always there um, do you subscribe to any of the print publications Surfing? At this point, any surf, yeah, any print surf publications. Um, I had Zimio for surfing and surfer, but they arrived in my email box. I'd never opened them. I didn't yeah. do one. Yeah, I, I get the Surface Journal. Do you? Oh, the yeah. Surface Journal. Yeah, yeah. Surface Journal. Yeah, amazing. Surface okay. Journal is. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, an imp- that's an important vehicle for our sport. I yeah, mean, Surface Journal and Matt Walshaw are two treasures. And I was, I was funny because I was at the Journal today. Mm. And I went in, and it was like a family. They were all sitting around this long table, and it was um, Steve Pesman and Debbie Pesman and Jeff Devine and Brennan Thomas and and um, and uh, Scott Hewlett, and, and it was just oh my god, you know, yeah. Steve Pesman, the father of it all. <laughs> but without you know, without the Surface Journal and, and that Warshaw with the Encyclopedia of Surfing, there'd be no one chronicling the history. I'd also almost kick in Quicksilver, like as and Pete Terrace. And Pete Terrace. And Pete Terrace. <laughs> Is that a joke? No, or? seriously. No. Oh, okay. I love Pete Terrace. His, his ability to. Um, groom photographers and I don't mean groom for um, obscene purposes <laughs> <laughs> his ability to um, you know create amazing photographers out of uh, <clears throat> you know little you know, little weedy kind of things mm. <clears throat> I was looking at a, a copy of Surfing that Steve Sherman gave me I was blown because I hadn't seen a print mag in probably two years and I was blown away by the, the quality of the photography and the uh, and, the, and the differing approaches by the different photographers and I know Pete Taras has driven most of that so I think photographically, Pete Harris is the most important person in surfing. I think you're right. Interesting. That's a bold claim. Um, I liked that issue. I'm assuming the issue you're talking about is the one that profiles different photographers yeah. and does. Yeah, I I haven't read a magazine in a long time either, and I opened that one the other day because I was getting my oil changed. That's the only reason, and I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed that. Um, you received some grief about that. Um, video you posted of Joanne DeFay from the WSL you said they emailed you and asked you to take down the video well I had a, I had a few I had a few doozies on there I had um, Cowboys of the WS, uh, Jet Ski Cowboys good. of the WSL I that missed so that good. one and I had all the really um, good. and I had all the uh, all the Jet Ski fails yeah you know, in France there's a couple yep. there was the one in Brazil and it was so funny Jet Ski Cowboys of the WSL was one of my it's favorite a great, things done yeah. great title because it, it all happened was title wasn't it yeah, yeah. It was really funny. It yeah. was really a funny clip. It was like Derek. I wrote the story just because I'd seen two two fails. I think it was in like one heat or one pretty close. Yeah, John John had one where he yep. came off the back, and then there's the other one where um, 
Uh, maybe Julian? No. That was a Jadson, maybe? Yeah, Jadson. Jadson was pumping to it. <laughs> and the guy just nosedived the ski. And, you know, if you've ever driven a ski, you know how fucking easy it is to do that. But in front of everyone, the way just yeah. doing it underwater. Like, yeah. It was amazing. And it was really funny. But then we had two. We yeah. had we had that and we had Joanne DeFay. And then we had one more. We did, yeah. We had a triple. Oh, we had Kelly's Hail Mary's. Yeah. And Which was uh, all, po- I mean, it was all positive, kind yeah, of. Like, except for two of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so what, what's their gripe, and uh, why take it down? Like, why listen to their gripe? Well, you know, they, they do own the footage, so they do have... Oh, okay, so they, that's... It's WSL footage, but, um, and I'm, I'm a fairly timid, fearful kind of man, so if anyone says, pull stuff down or I'll sue you, <laughs> I say, yes, I'll do it immediately. Can I get you anything else? Can I send you a t-shirt as well, my friend? <laughs> well, see, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. You don't seem like a timid person, though. Like just looking at the website as a viewer, you seem pretty um, audacious. I well, would say. I'll have a crack. You know, I don't want having a swing. I'm getting the bat and having a bit of a swing. But you know, at the end of the day, someone's seen it, and it, it all had their run anyway. They had probably had as many views as they're going to have. Yeah. And there, there is a thing called um, fair fair usage, as I've discovered after they can use like. You know, the jet ski driver thing? <clears throat> that was probably fine to use that. And if you're making just a comment about things, but if you're just running things wholesale, you shouldn't do it. So I think we were totally within our rights to do it. But if, you know, if a man getting a legal letter and I mean, it costing a thousand bucks to get someone to look at it, yeah, screw it. Okay. What's the most amount of grief that you've received for something that you've published? On Beach Grit? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. It's a funny thing, I think, is the fact that. I think Derek and I have been at the game long enough where we kind of know the stuff that's... I don't know. Maybe we don't. I don't know. We're pretty, we're pretty good at knowing the line. We can... Because we, can, um, we, we never... Inten- the whole thing is we never want to intentionally burn anyone. Mm. You know, and um, extramarital sex and drug use and all sorts of stuff. Totally off limits, I think. We never want to hurt, any, hurt anybody. But if something's funny, you know, if someone's a bit of a goofball or whatever, we'll play with it. You know, we like to, we like to play. So... So there hasn't been a, a big piss someone off thing since the McFanning thing, which was stab anyway. So right, I, can't, I don't think we've pissed anyone off, have we? I don't think at Beachgrad, no. No, that's surprising. I mean, one title that in the last month that I could just remember off the top of my head was "Is John John Florence Gay?" Yeah, and I opened is it he up. Is and- <laughs> <laughs> that was the photo? That was your title? A great photo with John C. Riley. Where'd you find that thing? Oh, just, Derek. just googled um, John John Florence. First one came out, and I went, "Oh God, I have to!" And I have to. Derek, write yeah, it's, it's amazing. Derek is a genius when it comes to finding <laughs> finding the photos to use. Like, yeah, I always feel real bad when I because you know we're I'm in California, he's in Australia, yeah. so I wake up first and publish something, and I'm always like, oh, if I have a good story, especially, I always think Derek could have found such a better picture for this. You can but replace I'll, it later. I mean, yeah, but it's kind of a bummer. I always feel like once you kick it out and make it live, then even if Derek replaces it later, yeah. it's still it's like because it goes on Facebook with that yeah. original photo. Yeah. Well, what about? Can you just use any photo that you find on Google Images? No. Theoretically, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if it's um, generally, if, it's, if a company owns it or it's a, some photographers we know, yeah. then it's generally okay. But yeah. I'll always ask someone. Yeah, but like that John C. Riley photo, I can't imagine where that came from. I, yeah, think, so, I think it was a party photo. It would have been opening night party, and it would have probably been a probably been a Associated been, Press. Yeah, I think I think I got it from a newspaper or something. Yeah, okay, Those but but that, that story was about uh, it wasn't anything to do with John John Florence being gay. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. And actually, there's a lot of awesome things about being gay, and I could I could sit here and list them all night. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing was about keywords that get you to get you to beach grit. Yeah, and we have a, you know on Google Analytics, you see a little thing that says you know keyword how people are getting to your site. One was is John John Florence gay and and then a beach grit. Yep. So, well, that's a funny one. I'll write that. And there's other things like big black studs, white pussy, and <laughs> yeah. and all these odd things, and you get to beach grit. Yep. I found that article actually really compelling. Like, I read <laughs> yeah. all of it, and I was like, wow, this is fascinating yeah. information. <laughs> it's totally odd, and it's all true. Like, I mean, Derek and I both go back and forth, the show, like, just screenshotting and, you know, tossing over the, the stuff that yeah. get people to our site, which yeah. is so weird. I don't yeah. know if it's because I... In the early days, I was just doing some funny tags yeah. you know, in, the, in the back end. You tag sure. stuff, and I was supposed to probably writing black cocks and what. But I would argue if you type that in to Google search, there's a million websites yeah. that would pop up before yours. Sure. You people, know what I mean? It's people, weird. People go deep. People. Well, I guess so. Yeah. You know what? I've done some funny links when I've, when I've mentioned certain people and made hot links, and I've made it to gay websites. Uh, really? Yes. Oh, I'm going to do more of that now. Like sorry, it. sorry, Peter Terrace. It's been some funny ones for you. Um, 
the comment section is something that on stabmag.com has become like an attraction in and of itself. It's almost the primary attraction for me. I'll just go straight down to that and read that instead of watching the whatever the video is or whatever. Um, and a lot of those commenters I now see on Beach Grit, they've transitioned over. Is that something that you have any interest in policing at all, or do you let it run rampant, or what are your thoughts on it? No, I mean, for me, I've never been interested in comments. Like, it's funny, especially, you know, I think Stab kind of kind of birthed the, the, the livid commenter, kind of where people would just go apeshit. You know, and when I first started writing for Stab, and I think I started writing for Stab before there was actually a stabmag.com, but I remember, you know, whatever I had on there first, and I'd look at it, and there'd be like a hundred comments of, you fucking fag, and you fucking gay, and everything, and I thought that was funny, but, like, it, it just seemed real pointless to me, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's funny, this, this real rage is funny, but aside from that, it's utterly pointless, where, oddly, Beach Grits, when we started Beach Grit, there was no moderation on the comments, but it seemed like people just wanted a different tone, and I learned more learned early days more from our comments than I did from any other surf website. Like I would get on, and people were having, you know, for my money, super highbrow, interesting conversations, being really funny, really witty, uh, being, you know, edgy, but never falling over into just utter kind of crass ugliness. Right. Where I really totally loved the way our comments, and it was you know purely natural and then recently one of our one of the old stab commenters negatron uh is is he moderating yeah he's moderating <clears throat> he um he emailed me and you know said he wanted to <laughs> so funny there's, there's people who've got a career out of common commentating but um he's a smart guy and uh, he's written a couple of things for us I've seen but he him. said you know he wants one thing to get out of the stab forums the stab actually made him commentator of the month or something comments of the month and but he said he wanted to create a forum on uh, beach grit where people could have really cool conversations, but if anyone was being a dick, they could just clip them. Because, you know, Stab had just got all these odd people, and I think non-English-speaking people said, no, you're racist. No, fuck you, Aussie. You yeah, know, right, right. And uh, it got pretty ugly, I think. And um, so this guy, Negatron, he just watches it, you know, he just sits at the back, and he'll put comments in, and he'll drive the conversation. It's just like having a... Uh, you know, cool guy at the party, just kind of making sure everyone's doing the right thing. Interesting. It, it seems to me like the comment game has evolved beyond just a, like the fuck-all democracy that Stabs was. Yeah. Where, you know, it just de- I think it just devolved into something that... I mean, people made names like themselves it. on that. They did, and it's yeah. great. And, but I think, it, I think people don't want that anymore. I think they can get that from Stab. If you want to go on and just have a full shit fight with a bunch of random strangers, Stab exists, and that's, and that's good for that. But I don't think there needs to be another one. And I'm, if, if Beach Grits would have become that, I would have clipped our comments altogether because cause I have no... I mean, there's yeah, just, it's ugly. You know, fighting, fighting is never pretty. Yeah. Well, no, but there's elements in it that are interesting, and I don't... I don't like the negativity for negativity's sake, but there are there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah, there's, as nothing well. wrong, there's nothing wrong with negativity. When it's just dumb, yeah, just swearing at each other. That's, right. that's just dumb. That's not fun. Right. You know, I'm yeah, I'm really into negativity. Like I was telling Chaz, I'm into the power of neg- negative thinking, hmm. and I've written about the power of negative thinking. And, you know, you've written a story about teaching your daughter to give up, yep. give up early. <clears throat> so there's a there's a big thing you know in Australia, and, and really I think we got it from America. You can't be negative. You got to be positive. You know, but negative can just be having a, a different opinion. Right. It's not necessarily, but if you can articulate something really well, yeah, it's it's great to read. You know, I like to, I like to read things on the far right and the far left, and then squish myself somewhere in the middle. Sure, which which is a, like I yeah. At this point, I've I've come I've grown so fond of Beechcrit's comments mm-hmm. that I they're like Negatron. I'm so thankful that he's there doing that job because I it would really hurt me at this point if they turned just pointless and dumb. Like. Yeah. Because I really get on there and enjoy reading, reading the repartee and you know people going back and forth and both you know discussing whatever the topic of the of the piece is. But then also, yeah, I mean it's a it seems like it's a fun place. We have for some me. we have some great guys. There's one guy who's a hip university professor, Marianne Marianne. Has, yeah. How do you say it? Marianne, Mariano Marianne Landa. Yeah. Landa. Landa, yeah. yeah. He's, he's amazing. Is he's he a university professor? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and there's um, you know Super Junior and. Well, you know all, all these people. Um, what's some of the other guys? They're really funny. Uh, there's so Negatron many. And, yeah. Long Tom. Yeah. Long Tom's amazing. Yeah. Um, what's Negatron's background? Uh, he's a plumber from New Zealand. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. But you know, often those guys who're a smart man who's a plumber, but they just love everything surf and they examine everything. Yeah. And they have critical opinions and a really critical eye, and because uh, they're just everyday guys. Uh, 
and they're not impacted by what the surf industry is doing right. or what people are emailing us, they can have a really cool take on stuff. Yep. I, like, I, like, I really like reading them too. Had yeah. you advertised his role in the comment no, no, section? No, because no, no. I had never heard that. No, That's all news to me. To, I, I, you know, I'd like to moderate your comments. And I said, oh, I can't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's well, somewhere down the track, I will. Though. But that's important. I mean, I'm glad to know that now. Like that, <clears throat> that's interesting. Yeah. Um, because it has taken on a life of its own, and that's now kind of a new direction. Yeah. I mean, you know? we always hoped that the comments would take off, but it's like opening a store. You know, people don't know you exist, and we didn't spend any money in marketing. Right. So it's, it's been great that you know commentators from Stab have come over and they've talked about it and they've you know. Yeah. I, I've really liked it. Um. <clears throat> you guys kind of have evolved platforms in your career from like print to digital, obviously, but um, even digital's evolved since you've launched beach grid in the last year, I suppose. Um, are there any limitations with this current platform or in what ways do you want to expand beach grid? I think, I mean, yeah, a video play is going to be kind of the next evolution of beach grid doing, you know, original video content. And I think Derek and I both have, things that we want to do and cards up the sleeve uh, about how that'll look and feel that'll be way different from anything out there right now which I think that's the next which is you know it was it was in the works from the start and I'm I'm super thankful frankly that we've had this much time to kind of build a tone that I don't think necessarily existed at the start I think Derek and I grew into the tone that Beach Grid is sure. you know over over this year right like yeah. we just wanted to be antidepressive that's the yeah. whole thing and it, and it is to me it is, yeah. like even when we do funny stories that are you know like Rory the the third kind of third kind of leg of a beach grid he can Rory's negativity like or him looking at stuff you know a little more darker maybe than either Derek or I and I naturally look at stuff is is super funny and compelling yeah he's a John Fante yeah totally yeah. and it's but it, but even Rory's stuff is anti-depressive on to yeah. me, on the beach grit forum where typically you know if you stick, stuck Rory's stuff I think on just out there you know people think oh he's an angry right. kind of man who's right. you know kind of living the dream a little bit but a little bit angry at at a lot of things but yeah in beach grit to me it, it reads even and maybe I'm I've drunk our own Kool-Aid too much but it seems that it's not very depressive. Like it just no. seems funny. It seems like it's Rory. And yeah. you know, and you know, just go back to Rory, Rory Puckett, and uh, <clears throat> the guy's incredible. Every single day, he can he can write print worthy copy. Really? He's, he's, I just go, fuck, really? That's so good. And sometimes you know, because he does it every single day. Yeah. Without fail, he's reliable and he's so fucking good. And he gets he gets more um, hits from from people that I hear or email like Rory this, Rory that. Hmm. You know, I'm like, he ain't that good. <laughs> he's in Kauai, right? He's in yeah. Kauai, yeah. Yeah, and he's not the pro surfer Rory Parker from no, the 90s. It's Different not. Rory Parker. Yeah. Okay. Um, It'd be nice if he was. I wish that he was a pro surfer from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a better part of his story. <laughs> um, I love the Blood Feud series that you guys have introduced. That's always awesome. <laughs> There's been some good ones, so I always appreciate that. Um it's like you take this super mild social media disagreement and turn yeah. it into something Bless super you. massive. Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo Toledo one was funny. So good. Who was he feuding with? I forget. Alex Gray. Yeah. Alex, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, an early yeah, one. Yeah. That might have been the first one. Maybe, yeah. I might have been the I think it was, actually. And yeah. then there was a long period where I feel like there wasn't another one, maybe. Because it yeah. wasn't meant to be a series. Right. It was just a headline. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then anything after any two people or any entities yeah. fighting after that. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, it took a while to get up yeah. to be a series. But that's one of my favorite things, too. Well, one of the recent ones was, like, Jay Alvarez, who I didn't even know who that was. Yeah. And then Ethan Carlston, yeah. who's from San Clemente, yeah. who I've known since he was young. That's really funny. But then, like... I haven't seen him in a couple of years and then I saw that and I looked at his Instagram and he's got like tens of thousands yeah. of followers I'm like what how did this kid get so famous and so angry and like weird now he's living in Bali yeah, and like the whole weird. thing was that crazy. one I don't I don't mean to out the source but I don't think there was there was nothing there was nothing particular in there that would get the source in trouble right no it was just I don't know. two pretty boys it was Pete Terrace I'd never <laughs> heard my uh, my daughter or stepdaughter 14 years old Loves Jay Alvarez or doesn't okay. love him, but you yeah. know follows him. So I had been aware of Jay Alvarez and his girlfriend, or whatever. Like Alexis she had showed Smith. me, yeah, Alexis. She had showed me their stuff, and like this is what the kids are. You know, that's what the kids are looking at. So okay. I was vaguely aware of him. And then Pete Tara sent me over. Look at this, like a screenshot of uh, Carlston going off, and I was like, Who the fuck is that? Yeah. Who is this guy? 
and so then I had to Google it and figure it out, and then it was yeah, it was super funny. I yeah, love we three or four out of it. Oh, we yeah. milked that one so yeah. good. That, well, I'm sure we'll get a fifth one too. And that one's not yeah. done yet. Ethan yeah. surfed incredibly well, like yeah. as a teenager, like he was awesome. You know, super nice kid too. Yeah. So, um, Chaz. Uh, now some time has passed since your book release, maybe 18 months or yeah, something. Um, long time. <laughs> has there been any Hawaiian backlash since? No. Okay, nothing. good. I think, yeah, I mean, who knows? There, there could be some out there just waiting for me to say no. And then, yeah, but I talk to Eddie fairly regularly and we have laughs and yeah, no, nothing. Good. Yeah, I'm all... Which means, maybe, I guess, it's not good, maybe. It just means that right. I, didn't, I didn't write the right book. They're so. lying in wait, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. Either they're lying in wait or, or that I, I wrote a sissy book. And, yeah, I didn't go far enough. What's next? Do you have anything in the works? You know, I, I thought I've had lots of things in the works for the last 18 months. And then I've kind of realized recently that Beach Grit is what it is. And I love it. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's really, really fun, and it takes a lot of work, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I think it can may, maybe seem that it's just a, you know, a, a little funny piss take, but it's a lot of work, and yeah. it takes kind of a full attention span, which yeah. it's taken me kind of the year to realize that yeah. a bit, or yeah, I kind of realized that this summer, so... I'm I'm fairly just triple down on Beach Girl right now. Good for and, you. Yeah. I do that too oftentimes, underestimate yeah. workload, you know. Like even with the podcast, it's like, oh, I could just layer that on top sure. of everything else and then it just you just can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't. And, and yeah, for something to be successful, I reckon you if you're not all in, then yeah. you're not all in. Yeah. Um what's your current relationship like with surfing at this point? How often do you surf and I think it's like surfing the magazine. No. <laughs> no. I, surf, no, I live at Bondi. I'm a, you know, five minutes from the beach, and I surf pretty much every day. Good for you. It's pretty much my only exercise, and I'm so into the technical side of surfing. Like I, I just think about it all the time. Yeah, well, I, I love it so much. And, but I'm, but I'm happy. I, know I don't drive around looking for waves. For me, it's not about perfection. So it's going go down the same beach every day and just working on technique mm. in a really fun way because it's so so much fun. But it's so much funner when you're focused. Yeah, and you paddle hard, and I took me until about a year ago to realize that it's just get out there and sit and talk shit with everyone else kind of be dissatisfied with my surfing mm. and then about a year and maybe two years ago i realized you have to focus can't fuck around you paddle hard and you, and you, you know you try hard and you try different things and that makes surfing so much more satisfying awesome um you guys are both writers give me one reading or book recommendation doesn't even have to be surfing related you go first well oh. i think of something I'll give you the one Derek gave me that I read and just oh, would weep yeah. at every day. So I'm just going to steal it from you. The, the gallery. <laughs> the gallery, John Horn Yeah, Burns. John Horn Burns. It's the, uh, say the title again? The gallery. Okay. It's hard to find even a bit. I mean, you you can find it online, I'm sure. But it took me a dig. It was pre, I think when Derek recommended it to me, it was pre, maybe, I don't know, wouldn't have been pre. Remember it became Travis Ferro's favorite yeah, too, didn't it? Yeah, it's so good. It's a, it's a yeah. You, I don't recommend very many books, but that one some bits are better than others it's kind of a uh you know collection of of short stories more than a a full kind of book narrative arc wise but yeah drove him mad and he killed himself huh? oh it's absolutely yeah it was so good that he couldn't he couldn't it's just like extraordinary just like welcome to paradise now go to hell yeah (laughs) so good that you can never match it and you just have to kill yourself what's the author's name john horn burns got it h-o-r-n-e Burns. Yeah, the gallery. It's, it's amazing. Do you have a recommendation of your own, or are you? It's it's funny because I, I never have a book that I'll read again and again and again. But I think it's pretty hard to go past Lolita. Mm. And that's this Novikov. It's just such a beautifully written book. And uh, and probably if I can give you two, if that's all right. Yeah, please. <coughs> uh, Menachem Begin wrote this great book about the Ogun, the um, Jewish terrorist group um, in the in the thirties and forties. Uh, it's called called the Revolt, and um, it's about fighting the British and uh, mm. and, the, and the Arabs. And for the creation of Israel, and it's such a stirring book, hmm. and such. And I think you know, after studying a lot of Jew or anything, but I've studied modern history a lot, and I think it's a righteous cause, and uh, it's such, it's it's so incredible to have terrorism explained in a way that seems compelling and righteous, and uh, and, yeah. I, and I and I loved it, and, I, and like I said, I've got no kind of bone to pick with either of those particular sides but I found it really really compelling yeah and a third book while we're there is Golda Meir's book My Life okay and that's um, someone who's who's, you know was uh, terrified to go outside the door I think she was Russian or Ukrainian or something and moving to America she was so thankful of living in America when she was young because it took him in and and it looked after her and helped create the state of Israel and I don't mean to be Israel centric but they're just really moving stories that I think people miss in, in our world yeah 
Excellent. I'll add those books in the show notes for any listeners who want to link out to them, purchase them. Um, who's going to win Pipeline? It's one of those things you can't really call it. I mean, earlier call the, it, man. You got to call it. Tell me what the waves are going to be later. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's going to be uh, Mick. Gab- Gabrielle or Julian. That's Mick. Really? I think so. But I'm praying for Felipe Salido. <laughs> You're praying for Felipe to win pipe or just win oh, the, win love, the... To be honest, I love Felipe. He yeah. gets me so excited to watch him surfing. Yeah. There's no one else, no other heat I want to watch more than Felipe Toledo. Yeah. He, you know, just the way he just greases the landings of his airs and, oh, God, it's, it's going to... <laughs> the way he lands his airs is so and The energy, you, know, you see it, it makes you want to go surfing. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm putting my money on John John. Oh, really? How about that? Oh, John John. John John at Pipe? Is he gay? I don't know. I read an article one (laughs) time. (laughs) Um, Okay, final question for everybody interviewed. What was the last surfboard that you rode? Me? uh, Both of you. Me? uh, 5'6", super thinned out puddle jumper by Matt Bialis. Pretty much don't ride anything but Matt Bialis' boards. I just adore the man. Actually, just went snowboarding with him. Oh, yeah? And I just just fall under his spell every single time um, I'm near him. I think he's wonderful. Where'd you ride that board? Here? Yeah, I've been surfing seaside every morning. Oh. Cool. Yeah, in Cardiff. Uh, I surfed blast a sip, no, 510 Bull Shark uh, shaped by Vulcan. Which oh, okay, is a, yeah. Do you know Vulcan? I follow him on Instagram. It's amazing. Really interesting it's boards. amazing. Yeah, I saw one from Board Porn on yeah. Instagram. I uh, saw one and just like commented, I need that. And yeah. then, yeah, I got hooked up with him. The guy who shapes him is an amazing, amazing guy. So interesting. <laughs> Talking about uh, Seaside, surfing Seaside today, I saw Sherman posted, I think Sherman posted an Instagram of Curran surfing there this morning. Yeah, he was there. Was this, he, Curran was there this morning. Then he was there this afternoon on yeah, Skimboard. I saw somebody else talk about or yeah Dolly Kurtz yeah talked about surf, oh, okay. surfing next to Curran watching Curran go straight is better than watching any of the top 44 <laughs> I today. missed the Curran bit I was there too early bummer okay yeah he was riding he posted a photo of him on that skimboard oh, okay. had like a, not on it but with it and I'm yeah. like was he riding that thing but he had a leash attached to it so yeah, he right. had to have been surfing. Ryan Birch is out there too oh really yeah he's pretty good yeah surfer I mean I'm always interested to watch Ryan Birch surf. Yeah, it's always interesting. S- somebody sent me who. I was did like, who's this motherfucking catching waves so early? Ashton. Ashton did a story on Beach Grid on Tom Kern riding that boogie board out oh, at uh, yeah in Mexico. Yeah, and Max with yeah. like pants and yeah, a hat. Yeah, we totally weird. Yeah, so weird. But the way he surfed that boogie was looked so fun. I know. Legend. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank it's you. A pleasure. I'm flattered yeah. to ask this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thrilled to have it. Yeah. Right on. Thank you so much, Derek, for taking time out of your busy travel work schedule while you were here in the U.S. um, to sit with me for an hour and do this. And thank you, Chaz, as well. Always entertaining. Really appreciate you guys and the work that you do on BeachGrit.com. All right. And then come over to SurfSplendorPodcast.com. I'll have a link to Chaz Smith's episode of Surf Splendor. Um, And then... All the things that we discussed, all the media and images that we discussed in this show will be available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Also, make sure to leave a comment about today's show. Engage in this conversation between Derek, Chaz, and I. Leave your feedback for them. I will make sure to send it to them and make sure that they see it. All right. I believe that is all that I have for now. Um Get into the Pipe Masters event. Uh, it should be starting tomorrow from when we post this episode. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're listening to it later. But Pipe is happening. So we're psyched on Pipe. And um, the Piahi event was unreal, actually. And I'll get into that more with Scott Bass next week in Surf News. But hopefully you're enjoying the Hawaii season. And hopefully you're actually getting some waves for yourself. So... Until next week, that is what I encourage you to do. Paddle out, get a couple waves, and shred on. Cut the